but like early on, it was like, I couldn't survive if I had lost. Like I was yeah. like, this is gonna ruin me, ruin my reputation, ruin who I am as a person. And then I lost in Tokyo. And I was like, wait a second, I'm still Lily. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm still okay. I'm still a really hard worker. I'm still really tough. I still, you know, like, I'm still one of the best racers out there. And I know that. Um, so then it kind of turned into, I had to take a step back from the, I'm going to die if I lose to now where I'm at kind of just in my career is okay. Well, like I've literally done everything I've ever wanted to do in my career. Welcome to Unfiltered Waters. I'm Missy Franklin. And I'm Katie Hoff. We're giving you genuine conversations to get to know the person beneath the athlete. Unfiltered. You guys know that Missy and I are always on the lookout on ways to strengthen our immune system, improve our fitness, and of course, our hair and skin. We both recently discovered an incredible product in Armra. So what is Armra exactly? Armra is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 functional nutrients to strengthen your immune barriers and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed benefits. The biggest benefit for me has been strengthening my immune system. I am constantly on a plane and on the road, and it's helped so much. And for me, I dealt with so much postpartum hair loss after having my daughter. Armora has helped so much in terms of getting my hair back to being healthy and strong. So we've got a surprise for you. We've worked on a special offer for our Unfiltered Waters family. You'll receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmora.com slash unfiltered or enter unfiltered to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash unfiltered. Everybody knows that Katie and I are podcast co-hosts, best friends, and former teammates for Team USA. What you may not know is that we are also (laughs) hydration accountability buddies. Dialing in electrolyte intake can be beneficial for anyone prioritizing and restoring health through hydration. It also makes your water taste so good. Element is an electrolyte drink mix free of sugar, artificial colors, and other dodgy ingredients. We have always been really picky about what we put into our bodies to fuel it properly, and Element seriously checks all the boxes to keep us healthy and hydrated. And guess what? We are giving a free gift with purchase to all of our Unfiltered Waters family. You can receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through our custom URL, which we will link below. The Element Sample Pack includes one packet of every flavor, eight total, perfect for finding your favorite flavor, which mine, by the way, is watermelon. This offer is available for new and returning customers who click our link. You can even get a free sample pack with every Element purchase by purchasing through our link. Drink up. Hey guys, Missy here. We are so excited today. We've got such a special guest here on Unfiltered Waters. We have one of the greatest breaststrokers of all time, Lily King. Lily is a two-time Olympian and an Olympic and world champion. She was also undefeated in the 100 breaststroke in meters and yards all the way from 2016 up until 2021, which is just an unbelievable feat in and of itself. Lily is known for being very confident 
confident and very outspoken, which we adore about her and being completely and utterly herself. We talk a lot about that today, how she maintains her confidence, how she maintains her motivation, staying at the top for so many years and continuing to fight for dreams, even though she's accomplished a lot of what she's wanted to accomplish in the sport. We talk about the two things on her bucket list that you may not expect and things outside of the swimming space that bring her joy and happiness. We had so much fun with her. As you can tell, we laughed for about half the episode and we hope that you do as well. Hey everybody, welcome to Unfiltered Waters. I am Missy. And I'm Katie. And we are so excited today. We have such a special treat. One of the greatest breaststrokers, male or female, in the history of our sport. We are so honored today to welcome Lily King to the podcast. Hey. Hi, Lil. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us in between doubles today, but we did establish we, we still got a nap in, so priorities. Oh, yeah. All good. All good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so happy to have you here. Tell us a little bit, how are things going right now? How is training? Where are you at right now? How are things looking going into the holidays, Christmas training, all of that fun stuff? Yeah. Um, nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, it's kind of, it's funny at this point, like I, um, I kind of joke that it's same shit, different day, like yeah. every day. <laughs> repetition, um, so repetition. My life, my life is kind of Groundhog Day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been pretty good. Uh, just, just kind of in heavy training right now and getting ready for us open, but, um, nothing out of the ordinary and, uh, yeah, just going to practice. Nothing crazy. Are you guys hosting Thanksgiving or do you travel? So I usually go to my grandparents in Louisville. So okay. I'll go there for, I think I'm going to go there for the day and then come back. I'm lucky because all of my family's like real close. So my parents are in Evansville, which is like yes. two hours south of here. Yeah. And then my grandparents and the rest of my family's in Louisville, which is two hours, just a little bit up the river. So nice. um, everything's real close and uh, that's really nice. I get to see Lily's face at her pool every six months because we work with – so I walk in. I'm like, Lily, hi. It's like hey, the most you? beautiful painting ever at the pools. It's really cool to walk into. Oh, my gosh. so special. I love it. Well, Lil, we're going to hop right in. We're going to start talking about your career a little bit first and then move on to you and getting to know a little bit more about you. But we Sweet. wanted to start off talking about something you've spoken about before, which is one of – the hardest losses that you said you think you've had, which was after Rio at Short Course Worlds in December of 2016. And I loved what you said about this because I think this is so interesting. You you lost that race at Short Course Worlds in the Hunter Breast. And you said that you realized that just because you were an Olympic gold medalist meant that things weren't just going to come easy to you. Walk us a little bit through that moment, through losing that race, and kind of how that impacted your mentality moving forward, even having that success that you did in Rio. Yeah, definitely. You were like, hardest, hardest loss. And I'm thinking, I'm like, which one? Which one it? is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one was, uh, oh man, I was pissed after that one. I was so mad. Um, I remember like we were, we were actually in a hockey arena. The meet was in a hockey arena. And I was like stomping around like on the ice. Like there was just carpet over the ice. I'm like stomping through it after that race. But um, yeah, that one was, that one was tough. Cause it wasn't like, I just like got out touched. Like I got beat mm. bad. Like I got embarrassed. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just remember like that whole year was just unreal. Like I swim in CAAs. 
I, you know, win both my races, set three American records, kind of out of the blue. I didn't think it was out of the blue, but everybody else did. Um, <laughs> you knew. <laughs> I knew what was coming. Um, yeah. And then, you know, make the Olympic team, win the Olympics, like everything's going right, you know? And then all of a sudden I just get handed a slice of humble pie, just like mm. right here. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not the fastest anymore. Like, <laughs> like I thought I was a short course swimmer. Like what's going on in, you know, in reality, I'd say I'm like, what? three short course meters, hundred brushstrokes before not realizing it's a completely different race. Um, so yeah, it was, it was one where I was like, Oh, okay, well, I'm not just gonna just win everything just because, you know, I won this race at the Olympics. It was definitely, um, definitely a learning experience and one where I was like, Oh, okay, well maybe these people are a little bit better at swimming than I was giving them. I mean, I think that's interesting because you talk, we've seen you say a ton. And I love this mantra is like the race, the race is won before you start, right? And I'm just curious, mm-hmm. of, did you, did you have the same mentality going into that as you did for Rio or was it like kind of, you felt like you were in a groove and so your mo- that mantra wasn't there before that race? Yeah. Um, I definitely, and you guys can probably second this, you know, like the year, the first year or so you like get really good, like it's just everything's so new and exciting and you're yeah. like at the meet and it's, it's like, it's the biggest meet of your life and it's great. And then at some point you realize that that's kind of your new normal, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's not as exciting anymore. And I realized at short course worlds, I was like, this isn't as exciting as the Olympics was <laughs> like, this isn't as fun as it was when I was, you know, breaking American records or whatever. And I would, I just remember earlier in that year, like every time I walked out, I had a smile on my face, but it was almost like a cocky, confident smile. Like mm. you guys aren't, you guys don't have anything on me. And I remember walking out for that hundred breaststroke and like faking the smile. Mm. Oh, and I, I was like, this so is, this is not, I was like, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be me and I'm trying to be who I know I have been in the past. And even though it was just a few months before, but I was like, I don't have that feeling like I had mm. earlier. Yeah. So it was definitely a very, um, very weird experience. I think, I think a little bit, a window into the future of, you know, this, this, you know, elite swimming being my reality and this being normal and not, not new and fresh anymore. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely very, very interesting. Well, I think that's even, I love that perspective because we talk so much about, okay, what do you do after the loss, right? Like, what do you Mm -hmm. do? How do you get back up? But I don't think it's as common to talk about, okay, what do you do after you have this insane high? After you win. Yeah, the best meet of your life. And so I think for, you know, athletes coming up, having that perspective, like, what do you do? How do you, I mean, it's awesome that swimming at the Olympics is your new normal or swimming at NCAAs Mm -hmm. is your new normal, but how do you, how do you then adjust and pivot from there with your mentality? with your confidence, all of those things. It's such a good yeah, point. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, I well, it's 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 such a good perspective of there's so much glory around the rise up, right? And as you mentioned, mm-hmm. like that's the fun part, yeah. right? That's yeah. the easy part. Yeah. Yes, like everything is making sense. Like you're training hard, you're working hard, you're having fun, you're swimming fast, you're going best times. So it's like, oh, this is great. Like just keep it going. But there's not a lot of conversation about, okay, once you get to the top, how on earth do you stay there? And -hmm. it's something that we both admire about you so much is you've had such an incredible career where you've maintained your position at the top of the world for so many consecutive years. And that's hard. And I don't think everyone understands how hard that is. So for you to touch on that and say, you know, there are 
there are days where it's like, oh my gosh, this is Groundhog Day. I'm doing the same thing mm-hmm. over and over again. Where do you get your motivation from? Because I know that you are probably one of the most competitive people I know. And that's, <laughs> I know a lot of competitive people. Yeah, that's people. a lot coming from both of us. But I know truly like that must be a driving force for you, your competitiveness alone. But what is it after all of these years that keeps you going at the level that you're at? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's going to be something you guys have heard so many times is like, I just hate to lose. Mm -hmm. Like I do. Um, and I think, I think it's, it's very different now than it was, you know, early in my career where early on it was almost as if like, and this may be a bad thing, but like early on, it was like, I couldn't survive if I had lost. Like I was like, this is going to ruin me, ruin my reputation, ruin who I am as a person. And then I lost in Tokyo Mm -hmm. and I was like, wait a second. I'm still Lily. Like, yeah, I'm still okay. I'm still a really hard worker. I'm still really tough. I still, you know, like I'm still one of the best racers out there. And I know that. Um, so then it kind of turned into, I had to take a step back from the, I'm going to die if I lose to now where I'm at kind of just in my career is okay. Well, like I've literally done everything I've ever wanted to do in my career. You know, I've won a gold medal. I've set a world record. I've done, I've done everything. And now I'm kind of just swimming for me. Mm, Um, I'm, I'm not as much swimming for like, of course I want to win gold medals like duh, but you know, it's, it's a little less of like, it's a little less live or die. It's more of, okay, well like, let's actually go race and see what we can do. And, um, I, I, I love the racing part of it definitely, but, um, it's been a little more fun, maybe not a little more fun, but it's been different being able to kind of go race and not know what's going to happen at the end of the race. Mm. Like I, and is, is it a little more stressful? Yeah. But like, I didn't lose a hundred breaths for five years. So yeah. five I like years, mounting I pressure, like each win I'd imagine yeah, it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Like I'd be like in a prelim of a pro swim. I remember actually I was in the Des Moines, prelim, <laughs> Des Moines pro swim right before COVID. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I had COVID at the meet, oh, but this gosh. was like before it had been announced to the world. So it like, <laughs> you know, it was that week we were all joking about it. <laughs> and, um, Mel Margalis almost beat me in the prelim of the hundred breast. And I just remember thinking like in the prelim of the Des Moines pro swim, I was like, is this going to be where I lose the streak? <laughs> like, is this it? <laughs> this is it. Um, so yeah, it was, um, it's definitely changed, but yeah, like that, that just pressure building and building and building up. I haven't lost a race. Is, it's a lot. It's a lot. Was that, I'm actually like you hit on it earlier. I think that's such, such a amazing feeling to get to. I actually don't think I ever got to that moment of being like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be okay. Like I'm going to be okay if I lose this race. I'm going to be okay if it doesn't go my way. Was Tokyo that turning point for you or was it kind of after where you had kind of some self-analysis? I think it was a little more after. I think, um, Tokyo, like I, I remember going to the pool and as many times as I had gone to the pool and convinced myself, like I was going to swim well and, sw- and win. I just remember telling myself I was going to be okay if I got a silver medal, which I, in my heart was preparing to get a silver medal, not a bronze. Mm-hmm. And, um, so then when I did get third, I was like, I was still like, just kind of in shock and obviously like worst weight race at the worst possible time, like you know, holy crap, I still have to do the two breasts and the medley relay. And like, I just had the worst race of my life on TV in front of the world, like not great. Um, 
but then yeah i think afterwards i was like you know like you still got a medal like everyone else is like yes. oh huge yeah. like yeah it's still it's still a bronze medal which um is is cool obviously that's like still a really disappointing thing for me to think about but i think you know coming back and and then the next year at worlds swimming like four weeks post having like covid death and yeah. then just being like hey like let's just see what we can do um i think that kind of was able to give me that perspective of like just like push the brakes a little bit like just stop you've done everything you've ever wanted to do yeah so like let's just go out and have fun and, and see see what we can do i think that's such an important message and you deserve so much credit for getting to that point too because i think that just when it comes to the balance and the identity of knowing that, yes, you are one of the greatest breaststrokers of all time, but you are also so many other things. And as you mentioned, like those values <laughs> yeah. that are so important to you, those don't go away because it's a bronze instead of a gold. And I think yeah. that's such a powerful message for people to hear. I'm curious about everyone knows that you are the queen of confidence. And I know you talk about it all the time, but listening to you, you know, go through Tokyo and even, you know, right now where you are in the sport, how would you say your confidence has changed to where it was maybe during those, you know, five interrupted years of, mm -hmm. of no losing to where it is now? Because I know you're still incredibly confident, but is it a different kind of confidence than what you had or is it still very similar? Um, it goes in waves, I would say, you know, I, I've realized the most dangerous person in swimming is a rookie that's going best time, <laughs> yeah. every time to hit the water. Um, <laughs> you're like, you better watch out. Um, yeah, stay out of the way from those kids. They're gonna, they're gonna light it up. But I, you know, as being one of those kids, like, I just kind of had that insane, like, you're not going to beat me. Like, I had no idea what was going on. I was just completely naive. And and excited. And, um, early on, that's just what it was. I was just like, Oh my God, there's 10,000 people screaming my name. Like, this is great. I'm on TV and I get to do this blah, blah. And it was all just so exciting. I think I got really caught up in that. And that was a little bit of what gave me my confidence. Um, but then yeah, after Tokyo, it definitely took a hit. I mean, you know, I, I didn't think I was ever going to lose. I remember saying like, I'm going to have to lose an arm or a leg to lose this race. Um, like that's, that, that was where my mind was. I was like, you guys are, you know, there's, you're not close. Like you can't, you know, you can't hang with me. And then they did. So I think that, that definitely like made my confidence take a hit for sure. Um, and that's something I've been trying to build up since, and it's still a work in progress. Like I'm not going to lie and say like, yeah, I'm just as confident as I was when I was 19 and had no idea what was going on. But, um, now it's something more of, I think I, I think it comes a lot just from the work I put in at practice. Like I know, you know, and again, it sounds so, so cheesy and so like normal, but I'm like, okay, well, I know I'm training with the exception of Annie, you know, the last couple of years, I'm like, I know I'm doing more. I know I'm doing it better. I know, you know, I know you guys aren't as tough as I am. So, um, that's a lot of where, where my confidence now comes from. Mm. Um, just kind of reminding myself of who I am and the work that I've done. Um, that's, that's a lot of what it is now. 
Yeah, I mean, and I would actually venture to say like that perspective, you sharing that, you know, young athletes, I feel like that's the number one question. I'm sure you get the same is like, what do you do when you get nervous, right? And do Olympians mm-hmm. get nervous? And so hearing you no. say that. No, we like, don't. No, we don't. We're fine. <laughs> we don't get nervous at all. We're confident all the time, always. <laughs> but just, just hearing that perspective and it, I always think, people think that some silver bullet and it's not, you just said it, right? It's like you work mm-hmm. hard, you have the confidence that you are working harder, you're working smarter, you're putting in those little details. And so while I think obviously those five years for you, you came up, you were confident no matter what, but I feel like you're making probably an even bigger impact now on the youth athletes because you have this perspective to then be able to share, hey, I had a bad race. I got knocked down. Here's how I got back up. And now here how I'm building up this confidence again. And so I just think that's, you know, when I look at you, and this is kind of what I want to go into next, and I look at the way that you have been portrayed in the media or, you know, asked questions around confidence you know, I grew up on Gary Hall, right? The most confident mm-hmm. boxer, like has his cape and is just like, I'm beating everybody. And that was, that's viewed in one way of like, oh, what a leader, what a, you know, this, this Olympic champion. And then you look, you did the same thing, right? It's like, you know, you're, you're going to beat everybody can't touch this. and you can't touch mm-hmm. this and you're not afraid to say it. Right. I, th- I think, um, you know, the, obviously the whole thing in 2016, the rivalry there. Um, but I just think it's very, from a female perspective, interesting to see how that's unfolded. And I think credit to you for continuing to own that no matter what, because there needs to be more of that in women's sports and in swimming in general. Like there just isn't the type of like trash talk hype like that you see in even golf. I mean, you see Brooks (laughs) Koepka is like getting annoyed in a press conference, right? But I would love to hear of how you've been able to stay stay so strong in that stance. Um, And if there have been times where you're like, man, like this is tough, I'm taking some heat for this. Do I continue to own this? Yeah, that's a that's a great question to bring up because that is something that ha- I think has transformed so much during my career. Um, and I think I honestly probably saw the biggest shift, at least in terms of women, you know, speaking their mind, being tough, being athletes, like, let's be real, they're being athletes. Um, after the 2019 uh, Women's World Cup, that was when I saw the biggest shift because me in Rio, me, I had, um, you know, obviously like spoke my mind, did my thing, wasn't really super planned. But um, (laughs) after that, um, I did get some heat for that. And I was like, all I said was I didn't want to race a girl that's been caught doping twice. Like that's. Phelps was saying the same thing, by the way. Phelps was saying the same thing as you were. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I thought that was as black and white as it could have gotten, you know, like we have a positive test. Like this is confirmed. Yeah. So when I was like, I, I just remember getting a lot of flack for being, uh, having opinions, speaking my mind, like saying anything other than I'm happy for everyone in the heat, like, <laughs> you know, maybe wasn't true. Um, I think, I think a lot of people didn't know how to handle me. Um, especially early on, they didn't, they never dealt with someone who was a little bit more of a loose cannon. They hadn't dealt with a female who, I don't know, like had the smallest bit of personality or like maybe not say the right things all the time or, um, was maybe a little bit more human Yeah, (laughs) yeah. than they had been used to. And, um, 
yeah, those first those first couple of years were definitely interesting. I was um, I was always the one who got the hard questions. Uh, we'd sit in press conference and they would ask uh, they'd ask Katie about, are you going to do open water? And they'd ask me about like a crisis in the Middle East. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? Like, what do you want me to say? Um, so, yeah, it's it's been one where I think it it's gotten a lot more normal for people to, to speak their mind and do their thing. And I am one in a very, very long line of outspoken, strong women. Um, like my great grandmother played basketball in the 1920s. So, wow, you know, it's like, awesome. it, and you know, both my mother and my grandmother are teachers. Um, and it's just one where we have always just been, been ourselves, been outspoken, been, been confident in what we're doing and kind of just did our own thing. And that was always very encouraged in my house. And even though when I was a little kid, it was really obnoxious all the time. <laughs> like, just imagine like this in a 13 year old's body. Like I was just off the rails all the time. Um, and, but it ended up, it ended up working out in my, you know, my parents never stifled my voice. Mm. So, um, they were, they were very encouraging of me being confident, being outgoing, being myself and, you know, standing up for myself. Um, you know, I was taught like, if you're a kid and you're getting bullied, don't go get a teacher, stand up and fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, wait, I have to know, it's like, okay. have you, have you gotten into a physical fight before? Okay. I uh. want to. <laughs> <laughs> Any takers? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of my one weird bucket list item. Uh, well, okay, I have two weird bucket list I'm items, dead. but getting into a fight is is one of them. Just okay, wait. Well, what's the other? <laughs> I want to get bit by a shark. Okay. Oh, okay. I also, Gary Hall. You know he 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 actually Did punched really? a shark in a nose in the nose to oh my defend. Gosh, his you could sister. do two at once: physical fight and get bit by. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, here's this is what I want. I just want the scar. <laughs> this okay. Because I, the scar then I would be say, legit, right? Because then I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna fall off a shark. Like, <laughs> yeah. Come on. Guys. Can you imagine the ready room like trash talk being like, oh, have you fought off a shark? No. Okay. I have. Yeah. Right. It'd be like the ultimate, <laughs> the ultimate badass thing we could do. It'd be great. But I don't want it to like rip me to shreds. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. You know, just like a, a little chunk. Yeah. Little. Chunk. I just want it to go. Nah, and then be like, oh, she doesn't taste good. And then. So, so away. <laughs> oh my god. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, that just made my whole yeah, day. Yeah. So no, I haven't gotten into a physical fight, but if I if the time comes, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Points for opportunity presents itself. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. I love it. Okay, well, I I honestly want to say thank you for that, Lil, because I feel like as fellow women, like it, it is so important. And I feel like you've genuinely been a pioneer in that yeah. space of yeah. just being Thanks. a strong female force that is going to speak her mind and be open and honest. And I'll be the first to admit that I think I very much fell into quite a few times saying what was expected, trying to fit a mm -hmm. mold that was created for me as opposed to being more authentic. And your authenticity has been shining from day one. And I'm sure there's been moments where that's been hard, but you just have never let that dull. So as fellow females, yes, just want to <laughs> say thank you so much for that. 
And the one last thing I want to ask about swimming before we move on to more shark bites yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> you brought up Annie Laser, and I know you're training in Indiana right now. I think you guys have a group of like 15 plus professionals. Is that right? We're, our numbers are kind of a little bit lower. We do, we do have a pro group still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah. know your guys' pro group is, is phenomenal. And you are really, really close with a lot of your teammates. And that was always something that I loved watching. Like seeing you and Annie was just amazing. I know you're really close with Cody. A lot of people that don't know our sport very well sometimes view it as individual, which I think every time I hear that, I'm always like, oh my gosh, it could not be more of a team sport. Like I can't imagine going to practice every day and getting through this without my teammates. What role have your teammates played in your, not even just your success, but just your career and finding joy in it? And why do you think it's so important to cultivate such meaningful relationships with them? Yeah, obviously. I mean, you know, I feel like we all at at first went to practice for the people. Mm -hmm. Um, So they've played, I mean, such a huge role. I mean, I've been swimming with Cody and Blake for almost 10 years now. That's crazy. Um, Yeah. So it's, it's one where... It, it is like a family. And, and I think once you, at least, at least for us, like, you know, we went to school and, and that's who you have. Th- those mm-hmm. are your people. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of crazy. We did. I think, I think COVID really brought us, not that we weren't close before COVID, but I think it really brought us together a lot more because that was our bubble, you know, um, me, Blake, Zapple, Annie, <laughs> um, a couple of our other, other, uh, foreign athletes and, um, that was our crew. And, you know, there were f- four, five, six of us, and that's who we'd swim with today or, you know, every day. And for probably three months, we had one lane we all had to share. <laughs> and, um, you know, we'd be driving an hour to, to hour, hour and a half to, to Indy to go swim in that one lane pool. And you have a lot of time to bond <laughs> at that <laughs> yeah. point. So um, I think, you know, and we, we've always been really close, but I think also with, with that group, it's so special because the people you go to the Olympics with, you will, you will never have that bond with anybody else. Um, and it's, it, it's such an odd shared experience, I think. Um, cause there's, there's no other group that will understand the ups and downs of that, that will understand the sacrifices you've made. And I don't really like to say sacrifices, but, um, cause you know, it's worth it in the end, but I think no one else really gets it on the level yeah. that those people do. And I think that that just brings you so, so much closer together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're a huge reason why, why I'm still in it and still having fun. Um, but yeah, Cody's like actually back a little more this year than he has been in the past. <laughs> and he's he's uh, really excited about trials and he's like actually, I feel like training more this year. So, <laughs> Um, it's been great to, to have him back a little bit more like in breaststroke practice. Like I have, he's a bit of breaststroke practice in like two or three years. So, um, it's been fun to like, just have him back and, and kind of be back to normal, I guess. Um, a little bit less of the serious adult life and more of the goofy stuff we did when we were a lot younger. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been good for sure. That's awesome, hun. I'm so excited for you guys and it'll be so fun. I feel like when you have that close-knit family, it makes the events like trials and these high-pressure, really intense situations when you're going into it, feeling prepared, but also feeling that much support makes Mm -hmm. a huge difference. I feel like especially towards the end, not towards, 
I have no idea when your career is going to be done, but in tor- <laughs> towards the latter half of your career, like being able to have relationships when you're an actual adult, um, I think matters that much more. At least for me, you have your teammates when you're younger, but when you're going through real adult feelings and emotions, like yeah. being able to yeah. have, you know, specifically Annie, like being able to make an Olympic mm-hmm. team with not only your training partner, but one of your best friends, I, I feel like had to have been a really, really special moment. Cannonball Media is a full-service podcast production company. They cover it all. From building out a studio to launching your first episode, Unfiltered Waters would not have been possible without them. We are so thankful for Cannonball Media's support and a special shout out to our producer, Evan. Without this amazing support, knowledge, and experience, truly, as Katie said, this podcast would not be possible. They have helped us from day one when we came to them with the idea. Evan flew out, got our studio together for us, taught us how to use all the equipment, which was no small task. (laughs) And Cannonball has truly been there for us every single step of the way. And they allow us to put our best foot forward in video quality, editing, and podcast production. Yes. And are you interested in starting your own podcast? It's so fun. We highly recommend it. (laughs) Please visit cannonballmedia.co to learn more. Sleep is the foundation to performance and longevity. It is either enhancing your performance or holding you back from your highest potential. Dream Recovery is committed to just that, helping people sleep as well as possible so they can conquer the day. Dream Recovery believes in the power of evidence-based solutions to optimize sleep and recovery. Yes, and everyone deserves to feel their best, and that starts with a great night's sleep. So many of our own Unfiltered Waters guests use Dream Recovery's sleep mask and mouth tape, including Carson Foster and Michael Andrew, and they swear by how much it has helped their sleep and performance in the pool. Visit dreamrecovery.io to have your best sleep ever. Use code UNFILTERED for 30% off your entire order and 50% off your first month of Dream Tape. Sweet dreams. Yeah, that was, that was just like, it was so special and, and so horrible, like all at the same time, you know, it was one where it just after, after her dad had passed, you know, so, so soon before, before trials, it yeah. was just really like, I mean, those, those two months before trials, it was like crisis mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were, we were trying to just get her through practice and she was always there and always giving what she had, but like, you know, you could just tell you look in her eyes yeah. one day and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I got to distract you somehow. (laughs) So, um, that was always kind of, kind of my job going into that. But then, yeah, at trials, it was like, we have this awesome, awesome moment, but I know like in the back of her head, she's like, my dad's not here. You know what she's really thinking. And so it was, it was very emotional and it was, it's so cool to watch. Like, it's such a great story, but then it's also, you got to think about like everything else that's going into that all at the same time. But but yeah, I, I'll never forget being at, at the Olympic final and Annie's right next to me. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, you know, oh, we're in practice. It's fine. This is cool. <laughs> yeah, we do this um, every day. Yeah, exactly. And it was, it, and after having such a traumatic experience three days before mm. in the 100 breast, I got to have a 200 breast that was like the most at peace I think I've ever been mm, in wow. a race. So it was... Um, it was really cool and really special for sure. Do you feel like that helped? I, I feel like whenever I'd have like a really – like Elizabeth Beisel being in the ready room with mm-hmm. her, it was just as calming as it can be before 400 I am. But do you yeah. feel like <laughs> calm, calm. Not, not a word that big, I hear often quote. around Elizabeth Beisel. <laughs> True. Um, 
But just having, I mean, you said that was the most at peace you felt. Was it because Annie was there or you just were in a different mindset at that point? Uh, I think a little bit of both. Um, uh, fun fact about that race that I feel like doesn't get mentioned and should is that uh, six of the eight girls in that heat, their training partner was in the heat. Stop. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So both the South African girls and then both the British girls, we all trained together at home. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. Like, um, so I think we were all just like, all right, cool. Like, let's go race. Like, we all had somebody to talk to. I am such a nervous talker in the ready room. So I I will talk to the freaking wall. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I just need to find someone that speaks English and like <laughs> and they'll be my friends. So um, so I think it was a little bit of that, but uh yeah, we were all just kind of like not very nervous. Like, I think we all knew. Tatiana was going to wreck all of us. Like, she was swimming so fast. <laughs> so we we're like, all right, cool. Wait, like, this is, let's go, go out and do our best. best. See what happens. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was so weird. I was like, this is the weirdest Olympic ready room I've ever been in. But we were all just like chilling and having a good time. So that's awesome. Who knows? Maybe it'll happen again. I don't know. <laughs> and I feel like you never know. I, I, the people ask this too. It's like you never know what environment or atmosphere of a ready room you're going into because it's so dictated by the people, the individuals, the type of race. You know, I feel like if there was like a camera in the 50 free and the mile, obviously the energy is so different. So I just, mm -hmm. I feel like it's so interesting to hear stories, other people's stories of ready room because I have my own. I know you have yours, yeah. but um, it's, it's a, the most charged place, I think, on the planet before a race. <laughs> What's been your favorite ready room of all time? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. So I've had, obviously, so many ready room experiences, some dictated by me, some not. Um, <laughs> most, honestly, this is like so, this is horrible. And apologies to Yulia right now. <laughs> But I'm excited. Um, I'm too. Oh I'm already God. excited. <laughs> okay. So when I talk at Slim Camp or when I do a clinic, I, I tell the story a lot. And um, you know, I used to say I like to win the race before it starts, right? I like to give people's heads, do crazy stuff. And 2017 was like gonna be the big rematch, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, much built up before that. Oh, oh my, my god. It was like so it was obnoxiously tense. Yeah, like Cut it with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, gosh, so bad. Um, and uh, yeah, like Yulia had been like snickering at me, like walking by me in the hallway at the meet. And, um, <laughs> God. Anyway, so in the semifinal, she's in the first heat and she goes a hundredth off the world record. Okay. I saw the next heat go best time, but I'm like, eh, I'm like two tenths off the world record. Still good. Still a very good swim. But so we're like going into this final and it is ridiculous. Just just the stakes. Uh, like someone's going to go the world record. It's going to be crazy, but we don't know what's going to happen. And I walked into the ready room, just a different human. Like I like, I like to say it's like those early Marvel movies when like the Hulk can't control when he becomes the Hulk. <laughs> I was like completely hulked out. And I was like staring at her. I mean, like in her face, like staring Stop. at like, her. Like how far apart? I'm making sure she she's making eye contact. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and then I stood behind her chair. She's God love her. She is sitting there with her headphones on staring at the ground. And I am like 
right here behind her chair, just smacking my leg like this. <laughs> I would die for a video of that. I I don't want to see it. <laughs> but, <laughs> it was so bad. But yeah, I would like do crazy stuff like that. Like I would like make eye contact with people. And now I, I can't even imagine doing that now. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you can now control and, the turning into the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, no. It was so bad. And I, I walked out because I was I was the second seed, so I walked out right before. And I was walking backwards to my lane. <laughs> so I was looking at her. Oh. And then I like <laughs> shot my towel into the basket, made it. <laughs> made it. Like most important part of the story. <laughs> made it. Yeah, then the rest is history. So um yeah, that was probably my that's probably my craziest ready room experience, but it was all my fault. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I take full credit for it. Yeah. Full credit. Yeah, pretty, pretty well. Your full credit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. I I'm thinking about I feel like my ready room experiences, I only remember the really, really happy ones. I feel like the really intense ones, like I almost they're like I remember walking in and walking out, but I don't actually remember kind of like a race in the ready room. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's I remember my, my first one feeling like an idiot. It was in 04. And I was sitting there for, before the 400 IM prelims, like rookie. And Kirsty Coventry was uh, across from me. And Love like, her. You know, the, like, yes, the Swede <laughs> goggles. And like hers were like, the straps were up. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a helpful human being here and like tell her, I think her goggles are upside down. So I was like, oh, like, hi, oh. um, I think your goggles are upside down. And she was like, they're not. And yeah. I was like, got it. <laughs> Keep on. Good luck. Have fun. Yeah. I'll see you out there. Oh, and like, meanwhile, like, you're so like 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. Oh, literally like, oh. That's like the one that always sticks out to me, which is like my first one at the Olympics. Like, what an idiot. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Lil, with you being so competitive, we'll move a little bit outside of the space. I'm curious, does that hate to lose mentality? Does that bleed over into other areas of your life? Or is that really kind of strictly sport? Are you competitive in other aspects or not as much? I don't know. Yeah. If I... we were to ask your family yes. <laughs> and friends... <laughs> I think they would think I'm more competitive than I think I am. So I think this all kind of shifted when I was still in school and I was doing my student teaching because in PE, it's not the Olympics. And I got a little more into the mentality of, oh, that was fun. <laughs> it's okay. Like, you were a good sport. Great effort. Great. Yeah. You don't have I'd to see win. The kids that were like me and that are like, huffing and puffing and like almost crying when they're losing. And I was like, hi, I, I, I get you kiddo. I get you. It's okay. <laughs> You're going to be okay. I feel this. But I think, um, I think I don't participate in things where I don't get to win. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's a game of chance, I'm in cause everyone's equal. But if it's like, um, if it's anything like dry land related, like um, I was talking to Annie and she's going to like F45 and I was like, I would shoot myself. <laughs> F45 is like I, impossible to win too. It's just like nonstop. Yeah. yeah I'm like, I, I just start crying cause I'd be losing. Like I can't handle it. Um, so yeah, I think my, my sore loserness comes out a little more when, uh, 
normal people are beating me. It's something yeah. physical. <laughs> I love that. Can we go back to the question where you're like, I don't know if I'm just as competitive as you. <laughs> I won't well, do I'm anything. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking in the aspect of like board games. Got it. <laughs> yeah, got it. Got I'm it. a little less. I'm like, well, okay, it's okay. Um, <laughs> like Jenga, but, if it falls, you're not gonna, you're not gonna. Be it's crying. okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> now, if someone were to come up to you and tell you that they were a bigger Swifty than you, mm. how would we handle that situation? Is that is this our first physical so- alteration? <laughs> is this the, <laughs> the bucket list check? <laughs> So there are a few people I've run into that I think I would consider them a little more swifty. Aaron Gemmel is the first one that comes to mind. I think Aaron can definitely out swifty me, but I mean, I'm real. I'm like deep, deep in it. I mean, your costume was bad. ridiculous. It was so Thank good. You. Yeah. For Halloween. Yeah. I watched a lot of Project Runway as a child, so I think <laughs> I was inspired. <laughs> so multifaceted. Did you go to the concert? You went, right? I went twice. Amazing. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I went in Nashville and then I went, um, I went in Cincinnati the last night of nationals this summer because I wasn't swimming. So I missed the team announcement. (laughs) (laughs) Did people know? I mean, you were probably not posting it or? I don't. I did. I don't think uh, Ray knew I was gone. He's like, where's Lily? <laughs> She's in Cincinnati. She's there. not here. <laughs> and he's like texting me at the concert. He's like, where are you? I'm like, look at Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> She's right there. I see her. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite album? I don't know. Um, this is the hardest question of the whole mood. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It depends on my mood. There's really something for for everything. Obviously, like I'm vibing with 1989 right now because mm, it just came out. So good. Word that's on the street favorite. is that's a good answer. <laughs> she's released. She's gonna announce Reputation Taylor's version tonight. That's Ooh. the rumor. Oh, okay. Okay. So I love Reputation. I love folklore. I love Speak Now. And they're all good. What do you listen to? Like, do you listen to Taylor before you walk out to swim, work out? I don't. I. Well, I guess like before practice, yeah, I'll listen okay. to Taylor. I'll listen to anything really, but it's been Taylor for the last like, geez, like six months. <laughs> That's been it. That's all. That's all we've been listening to. That's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> was the Nashville one like? Because the Nashville one, I think it was like pouring rain, and she stayed till like two a.m. Or you that at was that the one? one I was at. Oh my! Was it yeah. epic? It was insane. It was nuts. Um. So yeah. So luckily, like I had a parking pass. We like pull in. Um, and it starts like pouring rain. I was like, okay, like hang tight. We're sitting in the car. There were four of us. We're like, we're sitting in the car f- until we get the clear to go in. And then like, it clears up in like an hour. And we're like, okay, let's go. Like, let's, we're ready. We walk in, we're like scrolling through Twitter to get updates, walk in. It is like wall to wall people in the concourse. Absolutely crazy. Nobody's moving. We stood there for probably two hours. Oh my God. Oh. And like no one's moving. Girls are dropping left and right. Like you're seeing like gurneys go through the place. It was nuts. And um, yeah. And then we got like the all clear to like go to our seats, but everyone's in the concourse. So I'm like holding hands with my friends, like trying not to lose people, like walking through this. It was like the wildest, it was the wildest thing I've ever experienced. Like I I was literally sitting there thinking someone's gonna get trampled. Like it was nuts. 
but it was so good. It was so good. It was worth it. <laughs> and uh, the fact yeah. that she also yeah. likes, I mean, that has, I feel like her tour has made me, because I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a little more of a believer than a Swifty. Okay. We don't judge. But <laughs> don't judge. Don't everyone judge is welcome here. <laughs> but I will say, just watching what she's done on those tours and how long she stayed out mm-hmm. there, and like, this just, it just made me a huge fan because of that. Like, she stayed till 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. in the pouring rain. Like, that is yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. And she's singing all too well. And like, there's lightning going oh my in the back. We're like, she's a witch. This <laughs> <laughs> <It> is <was> magic. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That it was, was so, fun. so fun. And so much fun. tell us too, we know that you are a massive animal lover, but I don't think either of us know. Do you have pets? What pets do you have? I do. I have a cat and I have a dog and my cat was in here earlier. Um, They're eating always something welcome she wasn't for guest appearances. Yeah. Always welcome. Um, the dog is a menace he um pippin he will he's a golden retriever he's like a year old oh, oh my god he's he's nuts he will like climb into my lap when i'm like in meetings and stuff in here and i'm like you can't like you can't climb on my lap right now <laughs> then he won't leave so i just have to close the door before i do I was going to say, where are I feel insulted. Where is Pippin right now? <laughs> I'll send you guys a picture later. He's, he's doing something. I don't know. And the, the cat and the outside. dog get along? Like, they don't... Okay. They are better now. They are coexisting. But we probably had, like, six months. Like, animals were on separate floors. Like, rooms gated off. Like, it was not good. Because um, my cat's... She's an old lady rescue. So, mm-hmm. she's, like... She likes things the way she Get away from them. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She couldn't even like be in the in like the cat room at the shelter. She had her own like kennel. Oh my god! <laughs> so like, oh no, Kiki's really antisocial, but she's um, they are doing better now. So um, she's not afraid of him anymore, which is good. Um, but he still gets he still gets a good swat every oh, once yeah. in a while. But yeah, <laughs> my parents have two cats, and we have a dog. And anytime they interact, it's always. Very like interesting. There's <laughs> so much, like, so much credit to you for getting them to that place because yeah. we're, we're still not there. <laughs> it's been a journey. <laughs> it's been a while, but but we made it. I didn't think we were ever going to get to this point. So now I'm like, oh, okay, like, it's it's fine. Like, the cat's not completely stressed out all the time anymore. So it's all good. But. I also feel like cats, though, are so sassy that just, like, they can take care of themselves. Like, they just, like, are 100%. like, get out of my face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's perfect. We train dogs and cats train us. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> that is so true. That is so true. Dogs manipulate us. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> okay. So we've got Swifty. We've got our wonderful pets. What else outside of the sport do you enjoy? Do you look forward to that kind of give you that sense of grounding and that sense of, okay, I'm Lily with, you know, so much more to me than just what I do for four to six hours every single day? Yeah. I'm excited to learn that at some point in my Mm -hmm. career. Um, So, I mean, you guys know, it's like, we don't really have a lot of time to do that kind of stuff. And if I ever do anything on the weekend, I'm regretting it Monday morning. Yeah. Like in practice. So, um, but the very few times I've had off, um, I I do like to travel a lot. Um, I love a good road trip. And I think I I want to try to be outdoorsy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm there yet. I think I'm a little more outsidey than outdoorsy. <laughs> Nothing um, wrong with that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just kind of like to like to be outside and hang out and camp a little bit and um, be one with nature, I guess. Which is so funny because like I grew up in the 
like middle of town, like I'm a city kid. And so now I'm like, what is this nature? Like <laughs> what's going on? But I, I'm enjoying it. So I think that might be what my post swimming Zen moment will be. But right now I don't super have time for it, which yeah. is a little stinky, but that's okay. I'm curious what, cause I was the same when I was swimming. I was like, wait, like we go to Colorado Springs. They're like, we're going to go on a hike. I'm like on a hike. Like I'm not going, yeah. like, what are you talking about? Um, I just feel like I didn't have the patience for it. Do you, is that, I guess I'm curious what you find or calming or what you enjoy about outdoors. I think it's, it's time where I don't have to, and at least I think maybe it's partially because the times I have like been able to spend time outside or be able to like go camp or whatever has been when I'm off and I don't have a ton of things on my plate to worry about. So I think it's just been like a really good thing for me to be able to just sit down in front of like a campfire or something and just relax and not have anything on my plate. Um, so my cat just made an appearance. I'm going to see if I can grab her. She knew we were talking Peekers. about her. <laughs> no. <I'm back. laughs> and to follow all of our points. <laughs> I am in charge. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I'm so glad that you have that to look forward to. And I also like think that's so important how you phrase it as well, that you don't have time for it right now as much as you would like. And that's okay. Yeah. Like that's just where you're at and just being mm-hmm. accepting of that and – We have enjoyed talking to you so much, Lil. We're almost at the end of our time. So we ask all of our guests the same three questions at the end of every episode. So the first one is, what is it within your sporting space, so within swimming, that brings you the most amount of joy? Oh, Um, honestly, seeing other people have the swims of their life. That's probably like what makes me really (laughs) – Right, right. Yeah. I, I, well, okay, I'm going to just go on a little, little story, but um, I remember when Reagan broke your world record. Mm, I remember <laughs> in, in it too. Back. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, when Reagan had that swim, I was like in the stands crying. Like, I was watching it crying. <laughs> in sure a good I will way. Feel in a good way. way. Point, like, but... still to this day, one of the most amazing races I've ever seen. So I yeah, can't imagine yeah. and, being like, there in person. You know, it's, it's one of those like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening for this yeah. person kind of races. But uh, but then seeing that and then seeing her journey this year and kind of being able mm-hmm. to get back to there is, has been really cool. Um, but yeah, that's probably what what makes me really, really happy. That's, that's so awesome. special. That's the, I feel like her, uh, Reagan in particular, just like her reactions are so like, not pure. like, they, yeah, pure. <laughs> that's the right word. Like pure, she just like looks and she's like, you know, it's not this like, yeah, it's like this like, oh my God, I can't believe it. You yeah. know, and that, like, that's such a, fu- it's such a fun reaction to witness. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the second one is nothing to do with swimming. It's what brings you the most joy in just your personal life. Um, ooh. honestly, probably just hanging out with my animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds cheesy, but like, no, taking a nap and like when the cat's laying on you taking a nap, that's uh, the best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just just chill time and and animal snuggles is makes me very happy. <laughs> As does for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, if you had to pick one word to encompass either who you are right now, something that you're working on, a word that motivates you, what would that word be for you? Mm. I know I sent you guys a word. <laughs> And I don't remember. I what can I tell told you what it is. If you want me, do you want a hint? 
Uh, oh, I remember. It was real. Yeah. <laughs> was but real. Um, if you want to change it, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> I I feel like my word should be Lily. Oh. Like, I just, you know, I just always feel, I just always feel like I want to do things my way and want to be myself and, and, and be my truest self. And I think, I think real comes into that as well. Being, mm-hmm. being my, my truest real self and being real with myself. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the only thing that can describe all of this is just Lily. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> Lily. I actually, you'll find out a little surprise later of why we're asking this, but I actually love that. And I guarantee you'll have the most unique one because <laughs> I don't think we'll get that answer. And I think it's, I got ah! sorry. <laughs> Hi, precious. Oh, Hi. she's She's beautiful. not photogenic. She is not photogenic at she- all. <laughs> She's like, mom, she's like, mom, don't say that. Don't say that. Yeah. I'm gorgeous. Girl. Oh my gosh. What an angel. Well, now you're in the perfect position to go get some more cuddles before afternoon practice. But oh, we yes. loved, love, love getting to chat with yes. you. Thank you so much. We know that it's a big year coming up and we just so appreciate your time. You know that we are two of your biggest cheerleaders. And <laughs> as we've mentioned several times in the podcast, just thank you for for being you and for being real and yes. for being Lily and that that example that you're posing for for not just young athletes but for us as yeah. well and yeah. everyone watching we just admire you so much and we wish you absolutely nothing but the best and it's a it's a joy and an honor to get to watch you do what you do. Oh, it's such a love fest. Okay, Thank you so much for listening and watching Unfiltered Waters. We are so grateful for your support. If you could please hit that subscribe button on any of the channels that you're watching and maybe even give us a rating or review, we would appreciate it so much. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you soon.